0: and I'm going to read the whole thing. Go ahead, sing your brand new song. Remember I told you there's a new day, a new nation, there's also a new song. I think there'll be a new song come up out of the body of Christ. It'll be a song of praise, but it's going to be different than what we've heard before. Now, I don't know how that's going to be, but, but here we go. So go ahead, sing your brand new song to the Lord. He is famous for his miracles and marvels, for he is victorious through his mighty power and holy strength. Everyone knows how God has saved us, for he has displayed his justice throughout history. He never forgets to show us his love and faithfulness. He never forgets. He never forgets to show us his love, each one of you, his love and his faithfulness. Amen? Amen? How kind he has been to Israel. All the nations know how he stands behind his people and how he saves his own. So go ahead, everyone, and shout out your praise with joy. Break out of the box. You see, that's going to need to happen with the church. Church, needs to break out of the box. We're, 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 um, starting. <laughs> we're starting to break out of the box. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We're starting. We get, you got more um, knowing of what's supposed to be coming and what you're doing than a lot of the churches do. Okay. So you're ahead. You're ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. Break out of the box and let loose with most joyous sound of praise. Sing your melody of praise to the Lord and make music like never before. Blow those trumpets and shofars. Shout with joyous triumph before King Yahweh. Let the oceans' waves join in the chorus with their roaring praise until everyone everywhere shouts out in unison, Glory to the Lord. Let the rivers and streams clap with applause as the mountains rise in a standing ovation to join the mighty choir of exultation. Look, here he comes, the Lord. And judge of all the earth. Look, here he comes, the Lord and Judge of all the earth. He's coming to make things right. Yes. Amen. Amen. yes. Needs to be yes. right, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. He's coming to make things right and to do it fair and square. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone will see that he does all things well. Yes. Amen? Amen? So so I, I'm saying to you that that is where we're at. He's coming He's coming to make things right. We're right on the verge of him coming to make things right. Okay? Amen. And that will, not, that will affect every one of you in this room. Youth, children, moms, dads, grandparents. It's going to affect every one of you, the things he's coming to make right. Amen? Amen? So that's why it's really important that we spend time praying in the Spirit, and finding out what our part is in the body of Christ. Everybody in here has a part to play. Young, little, old. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody. And if if you know what it's like in a home when not everybody's doing their part. And you, you're left to do the whole thing. Do you think that it, that, that whole mechanism gets... Get anything accomplished? It takes everybody working together to do their part to accomplish God's will in this earth. Amen. Everybody, everybody. Okay, so the next thing I want to do. Oh, let's go to let's go to Second Chronicles first, please. Second Chronicles <clears throat> 7, chapter 7, verse 14. And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Heal their land. Do you know that? That I had to look at that word heal there. It's encompassing. It's not just healing the land. It's healing the people. It's healing the, it's restoring it, everything back to its proper position, proper place. Amen? Amen? And so it's making the land brand new, spotless, brand new. Um <laughs> Back to its original condition. Only, only it's going to be way better. Okay? Way better. So that's what... And, and the thing that I wanted to... Um, that was the scripture verse. I, I've got one of these for every family. I'd like to have one for everybody. But I'm going to... We'll be handing these out here in just a minute. But um, back here in the back, I read this years ago. And I, and I probably... Should sit down and read it again. But what I want to do is, I want to cause an expectancy <coughs> on the inside of every one of you of what God's getting ready to do. This is the stories that they been told at Azusa Street from uh, actually seeing the things that happened. And um, um, one of the things that the, the guy that went around finding out about the stories was, was Tommy Welchel. And uh, he talked about the... You know the hope, like what Izzy uh, was just sharing. He used uh, humility as the H, and if, and remember the stable that the, the baby Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Where and you, and when you read this, you'll find you will see where uh, Seymour, the one that was uh, kind of opening the revival and how they got to it, he would have a box on his head. He'd be sitting upon the stage. So he couldn't see anybody coming in. But I think, you know, as I was looking at this, the the humility, he didn't want people to see him. He wanted people to see the God that was using him. You see? And there were several things that caused this revival to stop. And um, I think one of them was he took the box off later on. And um, anyway, so so the box was... um, Significant in a way that he kept him from seeing people, but he didn't want people to see him. Amen? And so we, we should walk in a place of humility ourselves when it comes to laying hands on the sick. I'm sure it's exciting when you see someone recover, but you can't let that go to your head. You have to stay in a place of humility. And you'll, you'll see when you read this that um, a lot of the young people were used. Young people, like you back there in the back row and up here. Young people. And they didn't use them. I mean, God, God used different ones, different nights, so none of them got the big head. Who you knew I about mean the big head? Like, look at me, God's using only me. So they would, God would shift. There would be a different, of young people that would do it another night, you know. And they would put, you know, they had babies that were, you will know, read these stories in this, in this book. They had babies that were just all crippled up. Hardly could tell they were babies, and they, the ladies would lay them on their laps and cover them up and pray, and you know they they would snap their bones would snap and pop, getting them back into a a right position or something visible or whatever, <coughs> that it was a baby, you know whatever it took, whatever it took. So they keep them covered so you couldn't see that. Anyway, um, so the, another one was obedience. Is another he used the word hope. Age for humility. Obedience, obedience, and that's where we need to be obedient to do what God tells us to do. We need to be obedient whenever we've missed it to be quick to forgive, quick to repent, um, just to do those things that are important to stay free so that we're in a place of obedience, too. Prayer, prayer is a, that HOP prayer, and we've been praying, we've been praying. But we're talking night and day praying. We're talking night and day praying. I mean, Dick and I used to do that, but it's been years since we've spent all night praying. But it's going to take sacrifice to get us to that place of revival. Sacrifice, amen? And the last one was expectations. These men and women believed in their prayers. They were persistent and prayed in one accord, believing that God would hear the prayers Of his saints, who in purity of heart and thought totally surrendered to his lordship. They prayed without ceasing, without doubt, that soon they would have experienced the desires of their hearts. So, expecting, expecting a miracle, expecting God to move. And it's going to be, I mean, you know, when you have a guy come into the service that just got his leg cut off by a railroad train, by train. And he's missing his leg, and they they, he comes in and they pray. I think that story's in here, and they pray for him, and his leg visibly appears again. Visibly appears again. I mean, so that's why I got a book for each family. And Jerry, if you want to help get those passed out, and Dennis, you can too. Um, These are all. some of them, pulled out some clippings, uh, things, but they are all, they're all uh, basically really in good shape. They're in good shape. Um, like I said, there might be some underlines, there might be a name written in it, but it's still readable. And so use this book. Did everybody, did everybody get one? Okay. okay. <coughs> I, I might, there might be a few more comments but... So use this to Get expectant about what God wants to use you for, amen. Amen. Use it to get expectant about it. So, um, okay, all right, well, hmm, (laughs) that took most of my time. (laughs) (laughs) You're all done. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, I have about three or four pages, here, but <laughs> and it was all on healing, too. There's some, some areas that I never got to last week that were a big part of being able to believe God for healing in your life, And uh, but I want to give Corey enough time to share. Um, uh, hmm. <laughs> well, I, it's just, uh, hmm, hmm. anyway, uh, I... Ooh. This is really difficult to <laughs> talk about the word here, but I'm um, just to just real briefly. Um, we talked about the different ways you can receive healing. Not everybody is in the same place with their faith that everybody else is. So there's different ways that you can receive your healing. Whatever was the name of Jesus, that's above every name, amen. And uh, we won't go through all the scriptures. I I laid them out to kind of. Um, catch everybody up a little bit, but uh, another one was a prayer agreement. Another one is anointing of oil, and if you remember last week, I said I don't do that very often. I will do it. I will do it if the Holy Spirit prompts me, but I, I usually don't do it. Basically, it comes down to a point of contact. You know, laying on of hands is a point of contact, anointing with oil is a point of contact. The minute I I or anybody would do that, that's your point of contact when you start believing God, and you start confessing what he has done, and you don't doubt anymore. Amen? Okay, so, then there is, uh, well, this may be the day we go till 5 o'clock. How about that? <laughs> okay. All right, and so, um, then, um, laying on of hands, was another one? And uh, gifts of healing. Fasting, communion, worship, we didn't get to worship last week, but worship is important. Is God inhabits your praises, so his presence brings such a difference in your physical body. Amen? Amen. brings a healing and a restoration and a hope. <clears throat> standing on the word, standing on the word, um, and that was another one um, where I probably put, i had to put that to work this week myself. Uh, But in the past, I've used that word, the word um, where, uh, you know, when um, we would come for prayer on Wednesday nights, there was one night that I had a sore throat that was so bad, so bad, I could hardly even speak and pray. And uh, I went home and I, some of you probably heard this testimony again uh, before, but I went home and I said, Lord, and I just started walking the floor, I said, I'm going to remind you of your word, and your word said that, I, Jesus Christ, I was healed. But I served you tonight. I served you tonight. And you said that if I serve you, you're going to bless my bread and my water, and you're going to take sickness out of my midst. And so I walked the floor, and I confessed that scripture verse, and I got just right after the enemy. The next morning, you know, whenever you have a sore throat, you're all congested. The next morning, nothing. Amen. Nothing, you, nothing, amen, you, nothing, so yeah. so the word works, the word works, amen. it's whether you believe it or not, or whether amen. you put it to work or not, amen, Thank you. this week, um, Tuesday, I think, I uh, was with Marsha on Tuesday, and I just started having a little cough, after we had been at prayer Tuesday morning, I think it was a little bit later in the day, but anyway, by Wednesday, I had... I had all of the, most of the COVID symptoms. And so um, I thought, well, I can't, I, I need to check this out. I couldn't in good faith be around people, you know? So I checked it out and um, I did not. I did not have COVID. Mm-hmm. And so um, that morning, I think my temperature was, was normal, on the normal 97. But my temperature was on the way up to, it was 100 and something on And so I I sat there and I know people were praying, but I rebuked the temperature and I commanded it to go down. And in no time it was down two degrees. And so so I'm going to share with you just a a scripture verse. Um, I think it's Luke, I believe. I was looking at that. This years ago, years ago, I looked at, I saw this, for her teaching, I don't remember which it was. It's Luke 4 and 439. And I heard a teaching on, I think it was Jesus was standing over. I don't know if this is the same one or not, but uh, Luke 439, let me read it to you first. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she immediately arose and waited on them. See, we can do that too. You can rebuke the fever over your kids. I've done that over mine. And one time, Richard, one of the little ones, was running temperature. I went in, put my hand on, and I rebuked the temperature. And Richard took me and said, it's gone, Mom. Mom, it's gone. I go, yeah, okay." (laughs) You know, anyway, God God is so good. He wants to give us all those avenues to be able to work on those things and, and rebuke the temperature, rebuke the cold, rebuke the sickness, command it to get off of you in Jesus' name. And so what I want to do, I want to do some a little exercises. You know, we talked about the name of Jesus that's above every name, okay? Because I, I'm going to stand in a place of command. Um, I'm going to let you lay hand on somebody else. I don't like to do that. But because I'm standing in a place of command. It's just got to do with the transference of spirits. I do how many understand what that is. Yeah. But um, I, I really watch that. That's why you don't see too many people, with hands on people. Uh, but we're going to do a command, and maybe we'll just do it without laying hands on everybody. let's just say, the name of Jesus, remember the name of Jesus is above every name, and that the name of Jesus, everything has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus, okay? So you say that with all the authority that you have, with all the belief that you have, Knowing that the name of Jesus is above every name, and that we have faith in that name. So we're going to rebuke, we're we're going to rebuke a temperature. Let's do that, shall we? Okay. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I command. I command. I rebuke. I rebuke. rebuke, Fever. Fever. I command it to go. I command it to go. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fever. Fever, go! Go! Go. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Fever, Fever. Fever. go! Go! Go. In Jesus' Jesus' name. Now, if anybody came in with one this morning, it should be gone. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, all right. Okay, so, so, um, now let's put him. I mean, if you're close to somebody, you guys back there, uh, Lynette and Chloe, you guys can. You, you put your hand on her first, okay? Okay. Find somebody to put your hand on. Okay. okay and then we'll switch, all right? Then we'll switch. Switch, okay? Okay. Now, you're going to say this because you're going to mean it. We're going to switch. If you've got somebody you're praying with, then we'll switch and go back the other way. Okay. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name, I, command, I command. Oppression. Oppression. Go. Go. In Jesus name. Jesus in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus, name in Jesus name. I command fear. I command fear. I command. I command fear. fear, 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 fear to, go, to go. go in Jesus. Name. In Jesus name. Okay now switch. You lay hands on the other person. Okay? Yeah. Okay, in Jesus' name, in, in Jesus', Jesus name, name, I command, I command, fear, fear, oppression, oppression, go, go. go. In Jesus' name, in, in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Oh, now see that made a difference. That made a difference. There's more freedom here this time than the other times. You sense that? You sense the freedom? Mm-hmm. You got it back there. Did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes? Yeah? yeah. See, this is all encouraging. This is encouraging so that now, when you run into that person who's walking around with the devil, you don't really know what to do, right? <laughs> Amen. Okay. All right. So, one more thing. Put your hand anywhere on yourself. If you might be dealing with infirmity or pain or. Um, concern, whatever. Okay? Okay? Alright. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name, I command. I command. Infirmity. Infirmity. infirmity, Go. Go. In In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. See, now this. This, this is what I did did. I did to myself. I rebuked the fever and I commanded I commanded the pain, back pain, hip pain, whatever the pain was, I commanded to go in Jesus' name. I commanded the muscles to relax. Whatever your body is doing that is not in line with the word of God, commanded to straighten up. And to fly right. Yes. Amen? Amen. Command yes. it to straighten up. You have authority over your body.
1: Amen.
0: You have authority over your body. Everybody in this room has authority over their body. Right. And it has to do what you tell it to do if you believe that. Right. Amen. It has to line up with the word of yes. God. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, so we probably won't be done with all of that, um, you know, but I want to give... Corey, time. I told her I'd give her 20 to 30 minutes, so we'll we'll probably go over just a little bit. Corey, take your time, do what you need to do. Corey has a tremendous testimony, and, um, and I just know it's really important to have her share, and so if you
2: see where God goes with this. I've been asking the Lord this morning, all week. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to share? Because there's so much. So I will try to condense and not bore you with details, because really, this testimony is not about me and what I've been through. This is about God and who He is. And my prayer is that that is what you see through this, is who God is, and that nothing is impossible with Him, because That's our God, but I'm going to give you a little bit of background just so you can understand where I, where where I'm coming from with this. Um, Start my whole journey started in May of April of 2018. Ozzie and I and our family lived in Akeny and we were in the process of, we had sold our house. We were in the process of being ready to move up here in the beginning of May and middle of April. I woke up um, with blood in my stools. Didn't know where that was coming from, but I was not. I'll I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm not a big medical person. I mean, I have a nursing background, but God, God's the source. (laughs) So go to Him first, and we want to trust Him and believe His word and know that He's the healer. And so I didn't pursue anything, but it was concerning, Um, and I was feeling something in my side, so I knew something was going on. But that was a Friday. And um, by Sunday, or Saturday afternoon, um, I was in tremendous pain, crawling to the bathroom. I mean, a mess, and still at home. And thought I was in—I felt like I was in labor, and I knew something ruptured inside of me. But I still did not go to the doctor. But then, finally, Sunday afternoon, I knew. Okay, I—I got to go. And part of that reason, I'll tell you, I didn't go to the doctor. We didn't have insurance. Um, and so, you know, you OK, Lord, <laughs> you're my source. Um, but I went to the doctor. And sure enough, they said I had a, a ruptured appendix. Um, so they they didn't want to do surgery right then because I was just a mess inside. And But the CAT scans showed there's some weird stuff with my colon. So they put a drain in and thought, well, we're just going to watch this, wait for your colon to heal up. And um, a month went by, it still was not healing. Two months went by, still had the drain and hadn't done surgery. We had moved in the process Um, two weeks after my uh, appendix ruptured. And that was a challenge in itself because I'm the mover and I could do nothing. (laughs) So God was faithful. He got us here. Um, And... So finally, after two months, I got a hold of a surgeon on a Friday, and that next Monday I was scheduled to go in for just a routine appendectomy, so I thought. And after a five, six-hour surgery, came out and found out that I had colon cancer, and it had a right hemicolectomy. so
0: they took two-thirds of my colon, or a third of my colon, and part of my small intestine. And
2: so from never going, being in the hospital, never having any doctoring, here I am, in the hospital with surgery, with cancer, and, you know, what can you do? But trust the Lord. And, and they did not tell me on Monday night that I had cancer. Ozzy wanted to wait till I was kind of more with it to talk to me just coming out of surgery. So he came back to the hospital the next day, and, and I kind of knew that something was up. And so he said to me, he said, yeah, he said it was cancer. You know, and immediately the tears came. But just as quickly as they came, they left. Because God, he said two things to me. And not audibly, but just in my spirit. He told me. he said, you may have cancer, but cancer doesn't have you. <laughs> and then the second thing he said to me was, death is not in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just hang on to that statement, because you'll understand it more as we go along. So that started a journey in 2018, I had surgery, they wanted me to have chemo, and I thought, no. you know, Because there were no lymph nodes involved, there was nothing else involved, it was just this specific area. And I thought, well, I'm not gonna go through chemo. I just, I, I have an aversion to chemo. If you're going through chemo, if you had to go through chemo, you gotta do a bad you. For me personally, I was not okay with chemotherapy. So I didn't go through chemo. And so we had moved, we were up here in, in Marshalltown, and. I went back for my three-month checkup and um, they had found that there was a golf ball-sized cyst on my right ovary. Well, there had been a cyst on my left ovary that disappeared. So I thought, okay, well, God, you know, he can take care of this, too. You know, but in the back of my mind was this little bit of fear. You know, what happens? Because this, the oncologist that I went to in Des Moines was very negative. All of the Report that he gave me was it's going to come back. You've got this much percent of a chance to live. You know, blah blah blah. Just everything was negative. So I didn't want to go back to him because everything was negative. So when we moved, and so I didn't go back to him. And in the in the process of that time, it was when we started coming here. And by January of that year, uh, 2019, I was feeling this thing in my in my lower abdomen. Was growing and so I, I shared with Ozzy that something's there. But I was standing, I was believing the Lord, I was, you know, listen to every teaching that I could on healing. Every Keith Moore has an awesome. If you yes. got somebody going through yes. something, Keith Moore has an awesome 20, mm-hmm. 20 different videos on God's will to heal. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. Yeah. And I, I listened to that, I read books, I listened to you know, teachings, everything that I could. But I still had this speak. And I didn't want to go into the doctor because I was afraid they were gonna tell me I had to have a a colostomy for the rest of my life and you know whatnot, because even the surgeon or the, the oncologist when I went back that October and I said, Well, I don't even know if they can cut it out. So I mean everything was negative. So I didn't want to go in because of fear. And I I was afraid, but yet standing. Well, how many of you know? Fear and faith don't work so well together. <laughs> you gotta get rid of one of them to be able to blow in the other. Yeah. And so um, at that time then uh, we had case to coming here we had been going to a church in Cedar Rapids, uh, a word of faith church and and uh, we we had we went back there. Um, I just really felt like like I needed to um, touch base with them and it stood with me at the beginning and, and, and I just felt like I needed to link link up with them. And so we, we went back there, and I, I went, I, I knew I needed to go see a doctor. I met with the pastors over there, and they really ministered to me along the lines of fear. Because I was not hearing, what should I do? Should I go? Should I not go? I didn't know what to do. And so they really ministered to me and dealt with the fear issue of God delivered me from that, just the fear of things. And so that next week I heard call. And so I called right away. Well, they weren't going to be able to get, this was the beginning of May, they weren't going to be able to get me into, to see the oncologist until the end of, or the middle of June. And I thought, I don't have time for this. By this time, this thing I could feel is right about the size of an orange in my gut. So, you know, something's not good. I needed to get this taken care of. So I went over to Ames to see the oncologist, ended up in the ER that first weekend of June, immediately they sent me over to Iowa City um, to see a specialist over there. And so begins the journey, this last journey. Um, And so I I saw him in the middle of June, and he immediately wanted to start me on immunotherapy, which was not chemotherapy, was immunotherapy, so it was a little bit different. And I had I had a piece about that, because I knew I needed to do something. And I started on that that next Friday after I met with him. But when I went in to meet with him, so totally opposite from the first oncologist, he um, was very positive. And he just printed out all these sheets of paper. He says, You got options. We got options. And so that was encouraging. He never said one negative thing to me the whole time that we were there. He just said, You got options. He said, Some people come in here and they have no options. He said, You got options. So I was thanking the Lord for that. So I, I, I stepped into the immunotherapy, but that was, we needed insurance approval for that because it was a new treatment. It wasn't your routine chemotherapy. And he called me the next day and said, yeah, we got, we got approval, so we're starting um, on Friday. So I started, and that was every three weeks I was to go, and um, I ended up, that's, after I started that, I ended up having terrible... Um, bowel obstructions. So I was in and out of the ER three different times and they, they told me so well nobody's gonna do surgery on you because you're full of cancer. And so in the, the hospital was a little negative because that was that was what they were dealing with. And so finally the last time I went into the ER I would, I would come home, I'd be home for a day, and I'd end up back there the next day. And this is all back and forth to Iowa City. <laughs> so because that's where my care was. Um, finally the third time um, I was just really in a lot of pain, and and I went in on a Saturday night and Sunday they came in and they said, well, it looks like you know maybe we're the the one doctor in, in the emergency room. She looked at me. She says, you know, we need to talk about a colostomy. You know, this might be an option. But you know, God had dealt with me on that because that was a fear of my of going in. And I thought, you know what, Lord, one of the things the pastor had said to me when I met with them when they were ministering to me about fear, which he said, you know what, if you have to have a class to me, you deal with that, and then we'll deal with it later, you know? And so that kind of, it, it, it took that, that fear out of there that this could be an option. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, Lord, he just, he prepared me for that. He, it was, but I had been told, yes, we can do it, no, we can't do it, and then all of a sudden, we're doing it. So it was this, this gamut of emotions that I had been going through. I, okay, I prepared myself, yes, I, they're going to do it, Then they said, well, no, we can't can't do it. And then they come in and tell me, okay, you're scheduled for surgery Monday. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And fear tried to come in with that. And I just, but quickly, I took care of that. And his presence was there and ministered to me. And so we needed to have five feet. We were standing. They told me, so we need five feet of small intestines to be able to do this ileostomy. It wasn't the colostomy was ileostomy because I didn't have enough colon because the blockages were too far down. So um, they were gonna they came in they measured me for the ileostomy and everything and I was gonna go in for surgery. We needed five feet of small intestine. So I went into surgery the next day, and uh, that night the Holy Spirit just ministered to me. Uh, If there's any time that I want somebody, you know, you want your pastor to come and pray for you, this is the time. And I thought, no, my pastors aren't here. Nobody's here. You know, I was there by myself. And um, the Lord just said to me, I'm all you need. I'm enough. And it's the truth. And he said, you can pray for it. You can pray for this yourself. And so I did. And the next day when I went into surgery, I had right before I they went into surgery, I said, I didn't pray for them at that time, but I looked at them and I said, I want you to know I prayed for you. And I said, it may not look like there's a way, but there's a way. And this is gonna work. And so I came out of surgery with no ileostomy. I had I had 5 foot, 10 inches of small intestine. Not just 5 feet, but 5 foot, 10 inches. And they were able to just do a bypass. Wow. So everything was still intact. I had nothing, you know, no bags, nothing. I was, and I was praising the Lord for that. So that was the journey. I still, the cancer was still there. They were not able to, t- to remove it because it was attached to my bone and my muscle. And it was, it was a mess. And it was huge, about the size of a grapefruit at that time. And, um. My numbers, I was still doing the immunotherapy, and my numbers were going up and up and up, and, um, and I was losing more and more weight, and I was losing more and more muscle mass, and we got to the point where all I could do was crawl up the stairs and lay on the couch all day long. And that was my day. <laughs> and I, I could do nothing. I lost 40 pounds. I was i was dying. My body was dying, but, my spirit wasn't dying. Mm-hmm. My spirit was not dead. The whole time there was no death in me. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I I I had given my testimony at the end of the night last Christmas, two years ago, Christmas, and I said, How do you die when you're not dead inside? Mm-hmm. Because you can't. You know, the word says the spirit of a man will sustain him in infirmity. Mm-hmm. And even though my body, I looked like I came out of a camp, I I did, I mean my skin hung on me, I had no muscle I I looked like death Um, but your spirit that's where your life is It's in your spirit and it overcomes and it comes and it takes over your flesh even when your spirit is even when your flesh is dying or your flesh is hurting, your spirit rises up and takes over because that's that's the force within us that God puts yeah. in us, his spirit. Yeah. And so by the end, by by October, I I therapy wasn't working. My numbers started, to give you an example an idea of where I was at. My numbers started at 135, I don't know, 35, something like that when I went to see the oncologist, the cancer number. By the middle of October, they were at 1399. So that's not a good place to be. But, but God, the last um, Sunday of September, we had gone to church, it was all I could do to get myself to church. I had not been to church for a while because I was, I just couldn't, I, I didn't have the strength and energy to go. And we went to church, I got up and went to church that Sunday, and we did, took communion that day. And um, God did something that day in me. We sang a song, and the chorus of that song says, I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I stand redeemed before the great I Am. When he looks at me, he sees the nail-scarred hands that bought my liberty. I stand redeemed. And that phrase, when he looks at me, he sees the nail-scarred hands that bought my liberty. He wasn't looking at a sick Corey. He was looking at Jesus. Amen. Because Jesus is in us. That's right. Mm -hmm. He was, and I needed to see that (coughs) that the blood, he's seeing us through the blood, he's seeing each one. Like nothing changed physically in my body. I was still weak. I was still, my numbers were still going up. But I decided at that, we had decided at that point after going through the immunotherapy and, and I had to switch immunotherapies. So there were two different kinds because it was just wasn't working and nothing was working. The doctor wanted me to do radiation. And I said, no, I did not feel comfortable with radiation. I just, that was, no, it's enough, enough. <laughs> you know, the Lord had told me in the summer, I'm all you need. He was ministering these things to me. I'm I'm more than enough for you, and he's the healer. And so I I decided I was going to stop. And uh, I, he said, "Well, will you just come in one more time, just so we can have a baseline in case you ever come back in? We just just come in, and just let's just do everything so we we know where we're at." So I went back middle of October. This was after we had done communion. After I knew God was doing things, I and mean, I went back in, and every, that was when everything was at its worst. The tumor was larger than it had ever been, my numbers were thirteen ninety nine. I was, I was just, I was not good, but I knew, but God. And that's where I was standing, I just thought, like, no, you're, you're it. Medicine is not my answer. But the oncologist, he said to me, he said, there's one more thing. So just try this one more thing. Just, I just, he just really pushed me on it. And I, not being a medication person, I was like, I just thought, well, I just just don't know. I said, but because it was so new, I said, okay, I'll I'll try. And he said, well, because there was stuff he had to do on his end to get it approved and everything.
0: It was a medication that
2: I was in the one percentile for because of the type of cancer that I had and the, the different genetic mutation and things that were with this cancer. Only 1% of colon cancer patients are eligible to take this medication or that will work for from what they had found. And so I thought, okay, I'll take it. So it took a few weeks. They mailed it to me. I took it on. I started taking it on a Tuesday. Ozzie and I, we just really had a sense that God was going to do something with this. The surgeon or the, the oncologist was on board, he would, I thought, okay, well, agreement, you know, when you come together in agreement, when we stand, we knew that God was going to do something, and, I mean, he already had, but he also still uses things in the natural to help us along, yeah. and uh, so I started taking that on Tuesday, on a Tuesday, and the reason I tell you the dates is because it's important. I started taking that on a Tuesday, November 2nd, and um, by the following Thursday, November 14th, I had an appointment to go back to my oncologist to get everything, you know, you got to monitor your blood work and everything. I went back, and I was starting to feel a little bit better. I, I was laying on the I remember laying on the couch one, one day before that, that time and I and I just said to Ozzy, I said, I feel like things are not as big as they were. I said, I know it's there, but it's not it's not as big, it's I didn't know what was going on. So anyway, I went I went back on that Thursday, started taking medication on Tuesday, went back the following Thursday, so nine days, my numbers had dropped from thirteen ninety nine to four sixty. And my other one had dropped the same, the same amount. But there was one test that they send off, which actually checks the DNA of the cells in your blood, the cancer cells in your blood. So they send that one off, and that usually takes a while to come back. And so he said, well, I'll get back to you with that. And so I'm still taking the medication. And um, he texted me. He was going out of town to Pakistan to visit his family. And he texted me the following Tuesday, from Pakistan. And he says, unbelievable news. No cancer detected in your blood. So that was from, that was, so the, the tests that they took, you know, I had blood work drawn before my appointment with him, which they were, and then my numbers had dropped to half. And then they drew that other test at the end of the appointment to send off. And that one came back, nothing detectable in my blood. So that doesn't happen. That's a supernatural thing. It's not, medicine doesn't, I mean, yes, there are some medical, you know, medicine things. That, but that's more than medicine. That's that's God. You know, he directed, I believe he, he brought us to the people that we needed to be with. But the first time I, I asked, finally for the first time, I asked him after all of this was, you know, going in the right direction. I, I looked at him and I said, uh, I said, you never told me where I was at when I came to see you. Because he never was negative, never, ever was negative toward me. He said, when you walked in, he said, you were at stage four inoperable. So there was nothing with but God. There was nothing, I I was hopeless. I was a hopeless cause in the natural. But God's power is greater. And when he looks at us, he's looking at us through the blood of Jesus. I couldn't do, you know, this was not about, oh, Corey had this great faith. Because I didn't. But I did believe that he was faithful. I believed the two things he told me. That I had cancer, but cancer didn't have me. And that there was no death in me. So even though I was dying and my physical body was dying, I knew that I was of this. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But I knew that there was no death. And I asked the Lord about so what do you mean I have cancer, but cancer doesn't have me? I asked him this after I after I was coming out of, of this uh, after the cancer had died. And he said to me, he said, he said, cancer had your body, but it didn't have your spirit. And that's true with anything. You know, the thing that's that's more detrimental to a person is not the actual sickness or disease. It's the things that attach themselves to our hearts, to our minds, that we, that the enemy can get in and bring death into unforgiveness. Yeah. Um, disturbed in our minds, if we're if we're tormented, if we're harassed. Those things are more detrimental and can kill you quicker than cancer can kill you. Yeah. Can yeah. quicker can because it deteriorates your spirit now. Mm-hmm. So we have got to keep our focus on who he is and on what he's done. He's the healer. He's the one that has overcome. Do we believe his promises? Do we believe the scripture that he had me stand on, which was not really, per se, a healing scripture? Isaiah 55.11 is my version of it. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return empty. It shall not return without fruit. But it will accomplish what I desired and what I sent it forth to do. That is his word. He does not send His word, and that's when Asie was talking about hope today. He does not send His word for us to say, "Well, maybe it's going to be that way." He sent His word because He's true to His word. His word works. So things that we have, maybe we're going through things today that that are just chronic things. You know, God, don't settle. Don't settle for that and say, well, it's just going to be that way. No. Right. God paid for our complete and total physical healing, mm-hmm. mental healing, emotional healing, mm-hmm. financial healing, every area of our lives. Yes. He yes. paid for it. Yes. He bought it, and it's the truth. And, it's, and his word is going to work. Mm-hmm. It will work if we if we believe it. Yes. Um, after I, things were, things were good with the cancer, it was gone, it was, I mean, it was, It was. the cancer itself was dead, the tumor was still there, and I still had this bypass in my colon, and it was, I was extremely thin, but I looked like I was five months pregnant, because I had this, this bypass, well, with the bypass, stuff could still leak into it, and so it had blown up like a balloon. And so I needed to go and get that thing out of there and get the tumor removed. And so, you know, I went from being inoperable to now, okay, we're gonna go in and we're gonna we're gonna clean everything up. And the surgeon was I was sure it was dead, they were still not so positive that it was totally dead. They're thinking, Okay, we got this little window, we gotta get this cancer out so that it doesn't you know, we got it contain. we're gonna get rid of it. And I, I knew going in to this last surgery last February that no, it's, it's dead. And so I went in and, and they, they removed the rest of the, the colon that, that they had bypassed and, uh, and, and took the, the, were able to get the tumor out. Um, and they sent 25 samples off to, for, for testing. You know, lymph nodes and, I mean, all kinds of, 25 tissue samples. Every one of them came back scar. 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 Because the cancer was there. You know, and I knew. I mean, and when the surgeon came in and he told me that, I said, I told you. Because I knew. I, I just, I knew that that is what. So I, I want to, I, I just want to encourage you today that you know, I was at stage four inoperable. No hope. I mean, in the natural. But God goes above and beyond what the doctors say. He goes above and beyond what our minds say if we're willing to not be moved from his word, because he doesn't change. We change. And we're the ones that can step out of his will and out of his and out of his ways, but he doesn't. His word is the same. It works for me. It works for you. It doesn't. It didn't work for me because I'm a special person. That's right. mm-hmm. It didn't. It worked because he's faithful to his word. He, the Lord minister. I I love to worship. He ministers to me through songs. You know, some people he ministers through through scripture. Um, he ministers through <laughs> to me through songs that have scripture. <laughs> That's just how, that's how I, that's how I think. And through my whole journey, there would be different songs that the Lord would just, just send to me that were his word that I would just, I would just listen to because that was, I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even hold my Bible open, hardly, because I was so weak to, to sit and, and to read my Bible at times because I, I had nothing in me, or just to even concentrate. When your body's so deteriorated, you just are, it, you know you don't even think straight, but yet worship. You know, and you hit on that this morning as far as one of the things of, of receiving your healing, just of, of worshiping the Lord, coming before it Because when you worship, you're surrendering your heart to Him. You're letting Him come in and flood you with His presence, with His Spirit, and where His and His presence comes in, and it makes us whole mm-hmm. it frees us it sets us free to to flow with him so I want to just end this morning there's there's a lot more details I could have said there's things and I just trust the the, the spokenness from the Lord but um I want to end with a song today um, just let's just worship because I know there's things here this morning that God wants to heal he wants everyone to be whole, because he's got things for us. Mm-hmm. He's got things for each one of us to do, no matter what our age, no matter where we are in our walk of life. He's not done. He is not done. Until he takes us home, he's not done with us, and he wants us whole. Yeah. Whole. With no hindrance. The enemy wants to keep us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In sickness and disease and in difficulties and whatever. But we have got to stand to fight back. And just say no. Amen. No. You don't
0: have place. You don't have place. Amen. Yeah, while she's getting herself situated I just want to remind you that that's why it's so important to pray in the spirit. That's why it's so important to pray in your prayer language. You give your spirit man ascendancy and your flesh takes a back seat. You know, in that list of praying in tongues, um, one of the things uh, that praying in tongues does is it boosts your immune system. Mm-hmm. Wow. builds up your immune system. Amen? Yes. And so um, I'll tell you, it made a difference. It, it made a difference in me this week that quick. That quick, I recovered. I recovered. And so uh praying tongues makes a big difference. Amen? Amen. Go
1: ahead.